Each month has its own theme and what's specific and special and unique about that month. And it's self understood, especially in light of the fact that everything is by divine providence. As the Chedesh was hot in Zich Hayemi Yuchad, that the month that has a, a unique and outstanding day are the Yomim Yuchadim word. Many and multiple days which are outstanding is the Teichem from the Chedesh, Fabunim et Dem Teichem from Tog, or the text, or the, the theme of the entire month is related to that day, that specific special day which occurs in that month, or if it's multiple days, but even one day. For instance, in Chedesh Adar, the days of Purim change the nature of the entire month of Adar. As the Gansa Chedesh and Nepach Yivon Lizman from Simcha, the whole month of Adar became a time of joy. HaChedesh HaShenepach Lam, as the Megillah says, the month which was transformed into a, a month of joy. Bizla Lachal and that this also affects halacha actually, as the Gan Sechedes of Kashal Mekriyas Megillah. That the entire month, you can read the Megillah during the entire, any time in the month of Adar. So Purim transformed the entire month into a time of joy, and you can actually read the Megillah any day in Adar, under those conditions. Mishanichas Adar Marb Mesimcha, also we have the halacha that one, when the month of Adar arrives, already begins the increase in joy. We also find similarly in the month of Nisan, it's called the month of Geula. Not just the day Tezvav Nisan is called the day of Geula. Because on the 15th of Nisan was the redemption from Mitzrayim. And since that is such an important day of Nisan, so it transforms the whole month into a month of Geula. So we see that the unique day, the Yom Tev of the month, is transformative of the entire month. When he gave them Chedesh Tammuz, Gefintmen, in regards to the month of Tammuz, we find, that the month contains two contrary days. There is the day, the outstanding day, which is mentioned in the written Torah, in the Vim, in the Nevi'im, is Tzayim Haravi. It's called the fast day of the fourth, meaning the fourth month, Tamas is the fourth month. That's same from Shivas of Tamas, which is referring to the fast of Shivas, the 17th of Tamas. But on that day, they broke through your, the walls of Yerushalayim. They, of course, means the enemy. And this becomes a central idea in the month of Tammuz. As we can see from the way the Tanakh describes it, that it calls the whole month the month, the, the fast day of the fourth month. So we see that the fast day is related to the entire month. The same for Nevi Lachadashim. The fast of the fourth of the months. And it's called the fast of the fourth. So we see that the entire month is affected by the month, by the fast. According to this day, the month of Tammuz is connected to, not to the, the idea of joy, but to the contrary. Puronius, negative events. Especially that starting from the 17th of Tammuz and for the rest of the month, begins the three weeks between uh, between Shavas of Tammuz and Tishabab, which are days of mourning, and that's the rest of the month. On the other hand, we find about Tammuz is in Unzadur, in our generation, was revealed a new element of Tammuz, a new side to Tammuz. There's another outstanding day for Tammuz, in this month we find a new 
uh, outstanding day, and the meaning of that day is to the contrary of what you, the Shavasavatamas is. The Chagagola from Yud Beis Yud Tamas, the the celebration of the redemption on Yud Beis Yud Gimel Tamas. Then the Rebbe, the Shver, when the Friediger Rebbe is in Gansam, Bafradivarim from Meiser and Golos, was completely set free from any kind of uh, that he didn't have to. He w- he was able to return from his exile, and he was now free. And this was not just something that was specific to him, a celebration for him, for himself, nor but rather as he writes in his famous letter, it was not only me that Hashem redeemed on Yud Beis Tamos Kiim, Gam Kol but also this brings a freedom to all those who hold dear our holy Torah. Shem re mitzvah, those who keep the mitzvahs. Even anyone that is just called by the name is a Jew, is called a Jew, is also redeemed on this day. And that of course includes every category of Judah. In other words, that this is a Chagagula, redemption for every single Jew. Now, Pikola now is Fashtan. So, based on what we said before, it's understood. As the Ininagula is a Teichn Ikri, the clothing, and Sechedish Tamas. Based on what we said before, that the Yomtev of the month uh, paints the character of the whole month. So, therefore, the month of Tamas becomes a month of Gula. In parentheses, the Rebbe writes, his concussion is, you shouldn't ask the question, Why is it that for all these generations, until our generation, they had no idea that the month of Tammuz was a month of Geula? In fact, the only thing that they knew was that which was written in the written Torah, nor the Rinyu Fnaparanishubai, only the negative side of of uh, Tamas. So why is that not a question? Because we find such things in the Torah in general. That there's constantly new things that are revealed and added to the body of Torah, to the things that we know in Torah. But at the same time, all the things that are revealed in our generation were already given to Meshav Sinai. It's only that they're revealed now. Babir and them, and the explanation for it is, everything in Torah has its specific time when it needs to be revealed into the world. And there's also things which only, there's only the time to start practicing and observing these things in Torah starts at a specific time. For instance, the Yom Tov of Purim, that it only started many generations after Matan Torah. Yet we believe, we understand, of course, that Nitna Lomay Sinai, but the right time for it started in the year when Purim was established. And of course, other such things, Hanukkah and so on, you'll find other things. So the same is true for our matter. It's only specifically now in Dorodikus and Mashiach and the generation which is on the heels of Mashiach. The Smichas Mamash will be as Gail Achrit. Very close, literally very close to the time when the final redemption redeemer will come. Malka Mashiach was his Mashiach. In Derzman, so this is the time when the Chagagol of Yudbeis Tamas had to be revealed specifically in this time. So therefore it's not a question why they didn't know it until now. You could ask the same question. Why didn't they know about Purim until, uh, you know, why wasn't the month of Adar, Achaydash, uh, Simcha until the time of Purim, hundreds and hundreds of years after Matan Torah? It's not a question. That was the right time. Beis. Just like there are two opposite extremes, two days which represent opposite extremes in the month of Tammuz, Alberazegifin ben Oy es Oyich in a nomen, Tonchedish Gufa. 
we find the same in the, in the name of the month, which is the name Tammuz. We find two opposite extremes about the meaning of the word Tammuz. Number one, on the one hand, Tammuz is Anomaf and Tammuz is the name of an actual idol that they used to worship. As it's written in Nevi'im in Yecheskel, Hanoshim Yeshveis, the women was, were, were sitting, he saw a vision of the women sitting, and they were causing Tammuz, which is the name of the idol that they worshipped, to cry. Um, Rashi explains, what it was, was a statue of some sort that they used to worship, and they would, the eyes were made of lead, and they would heat the, uh, the statues so that the lead would melt and it would look like uh, there were tears running from the eyes. So that's the depth of Avedah That is the absolute lowest kind of Avedah an actual statue that they would worship. On the other hand, Chsidus explains at length as the take of Achaim from Tkuvas Tamas that the fact that it's very hot in the month of Tammuz, but thus is the Taij from the word Tammuz, Loshen Hesek, which is actually the literal meaning of the word Tammuz, which means to heat up. And that's why the Avedazar, as we mentioned, was called Tammuz, because they used to heat it up in order to, to uh, convince the people that the Avedazar was crying and demanding food, demanding donations or whatever. So, the, um, according to Chsidus, the reason that the month of Tammuz is so hot is really contains a very high, exalted, elevated level. Because the, the physical sun, where does it evolve from? It comes down from the like everything in the world. Everything, every physical thing in the world, in fact, everything in the world altogether, evolves downward, goes through levels of ishtalshalos until it becomes a physical matter. Where does it come from? It comes from its spiritual source, from its inner meaning. As it is in its spiritual source, from Shemesh. So, therefore, in the case of the sun, it comes from Shemesh Havaya. As the Pasuk says, Shemesh Havaya. So, the, the, the sun represents Havaya itself. Shemesh Umogan Avayalakim, as the Pasuk says, Shemesh Umogan Avayalakim, in Tilim. So, the sun and the intensity of the sun represents the intensity of Havaya. For the far is this Oicha Moshev Dugma of their header of Shinilamayla. That's why the sun also represents, has in itself the idea of it doesn't change, as opposed to the moon, which goes through phases. Every month it goes through a whole cycle of phases, but the sun is constant. The same sun, it always it looks the same. In other words, it represents the idea of constance, no change. And because it is that, the reason is because it represents Havaya. And as the Pasuk says, Ani Havaya Loishen Nisi, I, Havaya, says Hashem, do not change. Therefore, the sun also doesn't change. It represents Havaya. And it also uh, represents the bittel of the worlds. As the Al-Tarab explains in Tanya, which is the Sama Hebech from Avedazara, which is the exact opposite of Avedazara. Bittel of the worlds and the constants of Shemavaya and that the sun represents Shemavaya. These are all things which are the exact opposite of Avedazara. And that's what's represented by Tammuz. So on the one hand, Tammuz represents the very lowest level. On the other hand, the name represents the very highest level. So to continue on that idea, <coughs> the, the intense shining of the sun in the summer days, which is called Kufas Tammuz, the season of Tammuz, is, in its inner meaning, it means that the name Havaya is shining forth. When the take of Achaim from Tkovas Tammuz is Fabunim in the take of Agilu from Shemavaya. And the intense heat of the month of Tammuz is connected to the intense revelation of Shemavaya. Thus, haste as in Tkovas Tammuz is made of Shemavaya Shalomaylam Ateva, with Mer Tekeviyagansin Yor. In other words, that during Tammuz, there is an, uh, uh, the 
intensity of Havaya, which represents that which goes beyond nature, as is well known, that Alakim is nature and Havaya is what transcends nature. So that is being revealed during the summer months with more intensity. The Midvet Vashtanik Bapashtas which uh, makes uh, now we can understand very simply why it is that the Yidin gave the name uh, of, of this month why did they call it Tammuz which is the name of Avedazara there is the title prohibits mentioning an Avedazara the name of an Avedazara so so it isn't an actual violation of that mitzvah of that, of that prohibition because any name of an Avedazara which is actually mentioned in the Torah you're allowed to mention it's in the Torah and the word Tamas the name Tamas is brought in the Torah as the Pasuk that we quoted before so there's no prohibition but all that means is that you're allowed to mention it. But it doesn't say that you have to name a month after a name of an Avedazorah. So why is it that they chose a name for an Avedazorah? Which actually, just to be able to utter the word, you need the heter because it's written in the Torah, so you're allowed to mention it. Why then do you need to name the month after uh, by that name? But based on what we just explained, there is no question. The reason we call it Tamuz, which means heat, is because of what the the greatness of what this name represents. Because at this time we have an intensity of the name Avaya which shines, and that is represented by the name Tamas. But, but on the other hand, you have people that use this name to represent the exact opposite of what you were using it for. They represent Avedazara with it. Is al derech chazal? So t- the answer to that is similar to what our sages tell us in the Gemara. If an endlich inyan about a similar thing, they asked ya'abadei lomim b'pnei They asked why a certain thing is written in the Torah in a certain way, which could lead you to to say that there is multiple gods. Reishes baralakim is something. So the, they challenged one of the tanoim on that matter. So he said because there are foolish people that want to misinterpret it, therefore Hashem should destroy His world, and He shouldn't uh, put something into the world which has great use. The, the story there was that they asked, if Hashem doesn't like Avedazara, why did He create Avedazara? The sun, the moon, people worship the sun and the moon. So they said, because there are people that want to make foolish choices, therefore He should destroy His whole world, not have the sun, not have the moon. So in a similar way... <coughs> We could say here it's the fire of a shaitim of gemach from tamas of shem avedazara because the foolish people have turned the word tamas into a name of an avedazara. Darfes tsunem and the efsharisim shaberz and the mevishim mitnein and anayla v'chaydish tamas. Should we therefore give up our way of praising Hashem for the intensity of the shem avaya and the bittel of the worlds through the name tamas? Hashem shavaya leichtan b'tekev that the uh, the sun the intensity of avaya. It illuminates the world in, very, in, a ten, in an intense way then that we have to give it up because they decided to use it in a negative way of course not so in this in regards to this matter we also see the same thing that was mentioned earlier that that which is written in Teresh Vaksav and was known for all the generations is was only the very lowest element of the name Tamuz that it's the name of Vaidazara that's what was known all the generations up until the revelation of Chsidis and it was only in the later, much later generations, 
It's only that through Pnimius HaTayra, which only became revealed in the most recent generations, in Teiris Achsidus, is Megalum of now brings to light that what? The Ktseyach Yehelion in Tammuz, the very elevated status of the name Tammuz, the Teikah Vachayim from Shemesh Avaya, that it represents the intensity of the name Avaya. So the same question can be asked, why is it that it's only recently revealed, as he asked before? So it would seem that perhaps we could explain it in this way. That the reason that in the same month you have the both extremes, you have the fast day, which represents the Golos and the Chorb, and then a which is there to, rep- to celebrate the redemption. As he understands it, so the answer is it. That is exactly the point. What? Why? The tachlis from the mitzvahim. What is the ultimate purpose of the fast day? Is nishdat tsar v'tzayim fazich? Is not to cause us pain and a fast day. That that is the purpose of it. Mizalchazushon that we should remain with the fast day. Is that the purpose of the fast day? Of course not. Of course not. Nor as the same is on the Sabbath of Erin but rather that the fast day should be transformed into a, a day of celebration, a day of joy, as is said about all the fast days. And that we can understand from the Kalvachaymer uh, from what caused, what was the reason, what brought about the fast, the Golos. It's because of the Golos that we fast. So let's see what happens to the Golos. The purpose of the Golos is not that we should remain with Golos. The whole purpose of the Golos is for us to do our work in order to get out of the Golos. And to merit the Golos. So how much more so the fast day, for sure, is it, the purpose is not the fast, but rather only to overcome the fast and to turn it into a yomtiv. In order to remind a yid, a yid about this, that what's the underlying purpose, to encourage him and awaken him and to bring him to do everything that is dependent on that person in order to transform, to, to get rid of the golos. And the way that we do that is by taking away the reason why we have a golos, which is is because of our sins that we were went into golos. So in order to get rid of the golos, we have to get rid of our sins. When we get rid of our sins, we'll get rid of our golos. And that's the point to remind the Yid, it's time to get rid of our sins, do whatever you can. So in order to remind us, that's why the Ebeshter inserted into the month of Tammuz, which is, has always been a time of negative events. In order to remind us, he put in a yomtiv into the month of Tammuz. A day of Geula into the month of Tammuz. Similar to what we find in the month of Av, that there is also the Yom Tov of the 15th of Av, Shabbos Nachmu, as well as the Shabbos Nachmu, was the month of the Nachama, which reminds us of the comfort, the double comfort, of the Ravelus von Tishabab, which we will receive for the morning that we do on Tishabab. When I fit the Gvuris Vidinu for Chedeshab Achlalim, for the the difficulties that the month of Av represents in general. So, Chamisha Sabahav is the greatest yomtiv, comes right after Tishavav. It's a response to remind us what to do, what we're supposed to do with the Tishavav. So, perhaps we can answer that that's the reason why Av has these two, not Av, Tammuz has these two opposite um, extremes. But that explanation doesn't really, is not enough of an explanation because, number one, that would make sense that if after the day of Shiva in order to remind us of what the purpose of Shiva is, there would be a day of Geula to bring us back, to, to explain to us what the purpose of the Shiva was. So it should be after 
the day of Shavuot so betamaz al derech chaydushav. Similar to what we find in the month of Av, that both uh, the 15th of Av, the big Yom Tov, and Shabbos Nachmu, the comfort, they come after Tishuvav. So that makes sense. But since the Chagagol of Yudbez Tamas is before Shivasa Batamas, and it comes before that whole period of the morning between of the three weeks is the fun mashma. So from this it seems that that the idea of the geula which is contained in the month of Tammuz is not something that comes after you have the golos. Now you have to get to work in order to bring about the geula, so that this is a geula which comes as a result of the Golos. It comes to answer and to, to fix the Golos. Nor Fakert. But in the case of Tammuz, it's the opposite. Here the Geula comes as an introduction to the Golos. The Geula comes before the Golos. So that's number one that is, uh, makes it difficult to explain Tammuz in that way. Another thing when these two ideas of Golos and Gula come together in the same uh, stretch of time in the same month in what should be in focus of that month of that stretch of time the thing that is the most important part what is the goal what is the purpose what is behind the whole thing, which is, of course, the Geula. Even if you want to say that you can't ignore the whole idea of Golas, you have to be able to understand and see that it represents Golas as well, talking about the month of Tammuz. Because if you understand and you appreciate the Golas of it, so then that adds to the Geula, which comes as a result of it. As we see that Dafke the Farvas Loksubikiflaim, that it's only because Dafke the Farvas Loksubikiflaim, that it's because the Yidn were punished doubly, as the as the Pasuk says, Kum Denach Denachamikiflaim. That's why comes the Nachamu Nachamu, the double comfort. So we see that by understanding what what happens in the Golos is what leads to the the Geula being on a higher level. So therefore we have to understand the Golos as well. We have to appreciate the Golos and what it represents in order to be able to get the most out of Geula out of it. As is Abaratafel to Geula, but still in the end, the, the Golos part of it is always secondary to the Geula. It's only there in order to bring about a higher level of Geula. Which, in other words, that the focus of Tammuz should be the Geula aspect of it. And one could say, as the Father's Minig Yisrael, that the Minig Yisrael is that we add to the name of Av, the name of Av, as it's quoted in the Targum and the Mishnah, the name of the month is called Av. The word Menachem, and we go and we add another word, which is the word Menachem to it. Menachem Av. In order to emphasize right as in the name itself, already we know what it represents. As the chaydish is ikir inyan in nishgvurus v'dinim, that the month of Av is not to be understood that it represents negative and punishment and so on. Nor the nichum of the inyanim v'nov, but rather it represents the comfort which will come as a result of what happened in Av. That's why we add the word Menachem right into the name to understand that that's what it is. But Meilat, Sarobir, so therefore we have to understand in regards to the month of Tammuz, that if you'll say, if now we understand, that in Tammuz also represents the idea of Geula because of Yudbeis Tammuz, how is it that for so many uh, generations we only understood what was secondary to the month of Tammuz, which is the fact that it represents a fast day. And the main thing of it, 
which is of course the Geula that is represented by Tammuz, is given Nishbavus was completely unknown until 1927 when the when the Friedrich Rebbe was released from prison. How could that be? Dalit. From them, Alam is verstandig. So from this, we can, uh, from this, we must understand. We now know as the Teichem v'Chaydish Tamos is taka the Inyan Natsayim Shabbai, that since it's for all these millennium, thousands of years, the only thing that was known about Tamos was the fact that it has a fast day. So we have to say that that is the main theme of Tamos, the fast day. Nor in them kufas and if it's very funny, but in the fast day itself, there are two ways of understanding it. How to understand the idea of the fast day? One way is it is bechitzainis. We understand that as, as the fast day rep- presents itself to us externally, then we see only that it's a fast day, a sad day. It represents the churban, and that's all that we see. That's one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is the pnimius fonsein, to be able to understand what is behind the, the fast day. What does it really represent? That tzayim v'adiz evadzayin lasid lavei. If we we want to understand what is really represented by the fast day, we have to look at it. What will happen when Mashiach comes? What will it be then? Because then everything will become revealed. Godliness will become revealed. So we'll begin to understand what things really are. So we look at the fast day, what will it be when things are revealed about what they truly are? Atog, and that is, Atog from Sosim it'll be a day of rejoicing and uh, celebration and a yomtiv, thus haste. The Akara, which means that we will come to recognize, as his nish nor puranis tulib geula, we will begin to appreciate that the fast day was not only to be understood as it's a bad thing, but it's a bad thing which will lead to a good thing. That's not how we understand it. Nor, as that same gufa is simcha, that the fast itself represented a reason for rejoicing. Not that it will lead to a matter of rejoicing, but that it itself, the fast day itself, is a thing, a reason to celebrate and rejoice. Why is that? Because even the punishments of Hashem are, if we understand what they really are, they are an expression of Hashem's great love for the Yidin. Because the far, which is, and, and therefore, as the mushal that is given, like the, the mushal of a king, a mighty king, a great mighty king, he himself when his son gets soiled, he himself cleans up his son. And why does he do it himself? Because he loves his, his son so much that he himself is willing to get his hands dirty in order to clean up his son. As the Pasuk says, that Hashem washed away the filth of the children of Tzien. Which means that the punishment itself was Hashem getting down and washing us up, cleaning us up, cleansing us. That in itself is expressing the great love that Hashem has for us. And we could say that this is also expressed in the, um, the mnemonic which is found in the calendar. The, the Atbash is a code, you know, At, Aleph, the first letter and the last letter, Aleph and Tov, Beis and Shin, Gimel and Reish, Dalad and Kuf, that's a code. And the, uh, in Shulchan Aruch it says that from the Atbash we can learn things about the calendar. Aleph and Beis and Gimel and Dalad, they represent the day of Pesach. So Aleph, the first day of Pesach, will co- always come out the same as Tov, which is Tishabov. Beis, the second day of Pesach, will always come out the same day as Shavuos. So, and it goes on with Gardak. So what's the first one? That Aleph, the first day of Pesach, is always the same day as Tishabov. This Adbash um, mnemonic for the calendar is brought in Tur and Shuvanor. 
as Tishubav al that Tishubav, which means that also Shivasa Batamas, because Tishubav and Shivasa Batamas are always on the same day of the week. Thus is the Tishubav, and the reason why Shivasa Batamas is linked to Tishubav in this way is because Shivasa Batamas is the beginning of Tishubav. It leads into Tishubav. They both represent the same idea. So it's Chal Alamal and Dunzalbun Tag in Vahvi the Yamd Rishun to Pesach always comes out as the same day of the week as the first day of Pesach. Tishubav and Pesach are always on the first same day. Thus haste Adremes as Bedas and Bapimis ain inyan on oistruk for Khazdiash Isbarik, which comes to teach us what it represents is that you should know that Tishabov and the first day of Pesach both express the same thing, Hashem's intense love and kindness for the Jewish people. On Pesach it's obvious because he took us out of Mitzrayim. On Tishabov it's Bepnimius. You have to understand it, but it is so. And even more so on Tishabov than on Pesach. In them, in them din is Melubish Pnimius because in the judgment that Hashem extends against the Eden, that's where is expressed a greater love, the the most inner, the most intense love that Hashem has for the Yidin. Because the deepest love of Hashem is expressed more in when he applies it in a painful way. As we find in the marshal of a father, that has to punish his son, because the child did something that he shouldn't have done, he was not permitted to do, is the Why does the father become so... In, why does he insist on punishing his child? Because he loves his child so much that he can't let him get away with something like that. This could have far-reaching effects on the rest of his life, so he must deal with it. How does he have to deal with it? And because he's so bothered by something that his son did, and he doesn't want it to have an effect on the rest of his life, so he has to do something which goes completely against his nature. The nature of a father is to love his child and to do only things which would make him happy and smile and make him feel good. But because he loves him so much and he can't, let this go by, so therefore he has to do something which goes against his nature, and he has to do something that's going to be painful to the child. And it only happens because of his great love for his child, that he's willing to go against his own nature to do something to his child that his child wouldn't, won't enjoy. The Pnimius Ha'ava Kumt arose in the Tnua Hofchis von Strengkeit, the great intense love that the father has for the son, is expressed by the fact that he's willing to do something that will be painful to the son. The So by the way, in the same thing, when the Ebishter punishes um, the Yidin, that expresses the greater love that Hashem has, more than Yitzhiyus Mitzrayim. Because to do something that will make us happy, anybody can do that. You don't have to have great love for someone to make them happy. You have to have great love for someone to make them feel pain when it's absolutely necessary, not for your own enjoyment, God forbid, but only because that is what is so necessary so I'm willing to do that because of my great love, so in the Atbash, Tishabav represents Hashem's love for the Yidin even more than Pesach so through this Chesidus explains why after Mashiach comes, Tishabah will become a Yomtev. That needs to be understood. In fact, it will become a greater Yomtev than other Yomtev, as it says. So that has to be understood. So it, it may be true, of course it's true, that after the third Beis Hamidosh is built, or for Avelis and Tishabov. Of course, there will be no reason to mourn on Tishabov. Allah Beshamidushakharov over the destruction of the Besamidas. Why? Because the third Besamidash is there, it's bigger and better. There's nothing to mourn anymore. But why should Tishabab become a Yamtiv? What's the reason that it becomes a Yamtiv? 
The only thing that you could say about Tisha B'Av now is that it's no longer a reason to mourn. And we can now look as it, it never happened. There was never a destruction. The third base Amigdash is here. It's nicer and better. We can now see it as the third, second base Amigdash was destroyed in order to give room for the third base Amigdash. And so there's no reason Tisha B'Av is over. Fine. But why is it a Yantav? What makes it into a Yantav? Babir and the explanation is because even now Tishabov, if you can understand what it truly represents as we just explained it, it represents the intense love that Hashem has for the Yidin nor however the problem is that calls as long as what we are experiencing is still the anger of Hashem we're still in Golos, so we're still in the mode of punishment. In Zmana Golos, in the Primis, is Behelem, and therefore the intense love that it represents is still concealed from us. Therefore now, Tisha B'Av is understood and has to be observed as a fast day. With all the laws that come along with a fast day, and especially the fast day of Tisha B'Av. But after Hashem is finished with the judgment and the anger is over and we're out of Golos, which is the, the situation as it'll be after Mashiach comes, so what remains, what remains from the day of Tishabov? The anger is gone. The fact that it's a fast day is gone. The punishment is gone. What's left? Only the great love that it represents. Now all we see about Tisha B'av is that it represents the great love that Hashem has for us. Therefore, of course, it will be a day of rejoicing. This day represents the great love that Hashem has for the Eden. And that's the only thing that we see in it. We don't see any more the, the negative aspect of it. Hey, and we could, we could perhaps say Ados is the time was measured the other day to certain belief and Golig can't have nor the meaning of something and that's the reason why for all of these generations we were only able to see the negative aspect of Thomas the fast day that is that Thomas represents while because canal as we said before the take of a primis of Agulaf and Thomas because the great love which is true that it's the union of Geula but that is all was all expressed for all of these generations only in still in a Golos mode that it's the, the love that is represented by it is completely concealed only the fast day and the Golos is what's in front of our eyes now, however, not in the Dorodikis of the Mashiach, but now in the final generations before Mashiach. Then, as Haitzachan shined the Te'ima, when the Snaitzus from the Geula Asida, when we already begin, we, ha- we get a taste of, and there's already sprouting, there is rays of the Geula coming through and already penetrating the dark darkness of Golos. So we're already beginning to see and to taste somewhat of what will happen in the, the future. So therefore now Hashem said it's time for the Yidin to taste what is really going on in the month of Tammuz. That we should now be able to experience how what is really behind the fast about that whole three week period in general is really something that represents the greatest love that Hashem has for us. Therefore Hashem brought about. As a preparation for the, the three-week period, which is a sad time, the Nesvan Yud Tamos, he already introduces it, he, he prefaces it. Before we go into the three-week period, we have to understand that look at it from, in, look at the primius of it. Try to get a taste of what is really going on. I'll give you a day of redemption so that you can prepare 
that, and understand that the three-week period is really the primius, an union of great love, an idea of great love of Hashem. And especially that in this Geula, it was expressed these two opposite extremes. As we said about the Golas in general, in the story of Yudbeis Tamas, there was also the same thing. First, there has to be, there was a judgment. First, there was pain. Because the greater light comes when it comes from within darkness, as is well known. But then after the pain, we see that the darkness, in truth, its inner meaning was in the end. That it was in order to bring about, and not only just to bring it about in the future, but that the the dark, the days of darkness themselves were also the uh, revelation of light. Similar to what he said about the Geula, the Golos. That not only is the Golos something that leads to the Geula, but that the Pneumius of the Golos is a greater love of Hashem. So also the days leading up to Yudhiyaz Gimel Tamos, not only did they lead to greater revelation after Yudhiyaz Gimel Tamos, but even those days themselves were bringing out a greater revelation, as it'll explain. From Ein's side is the Rebbe Dorgigang in the Yisurim on the Noyim from Meiser. On the one hand, the Rebbe went through the pain and the torture of being arrested, of being imprisoned. Of them Shves Noyven, and he was arrested in a very intense way. This so hard, Mapsag Dim from Nebuch Hachaim Rachman Lutzlan. The arrest was so intense that they actually sentenced him, God forbid, to death. That's how difficult. That's how deep and dark the Golus was. But on the other hand, we saw then in the Gaul of Yudbeis Tammuz, in the Gaul of Yudbeis Tammuz, we saw not only that the Rebbe was released from prison, but that the whole development and the unfolding of the whole story of the Meiser, the arrest, and the being in prison and then being released. What was an, what was the behind it all? Nishchasa that it turned out that it wasn't something that was limiting the Friediger Rebbe, nor fakel, but to the contrary, that it brought out an even greater uh, kindness. In what way? That it was these days of arrest, which then, because of that. It allowed that after the after Yudbeis Tamos, they would be able to continue the work in a much bigger way than they were able to do before the Friedrich Rebbe was arrested. and that all of his arbots the spreading of Torah and Yiddishkeit in Russia was done in a much higher way, a much greater way than it was able to be done before the arrest. This to the and that it was able to reach all corners of. I guess uh, the Soviet Union. And to use the expression of, of our sages, the same expression that the Rebbe Rashab said about the arrest of the Alter Rebbe in, back in those times. He said, quoting Chazal, that just like an olive, when you press it, when you pressure it, that's when the oil comes out. So also the uh, the the, Fried, the Rebbe Rashab said about the Alter Rebbe, but the same could be said about the Friedrich Rebbe the Ketisha, that the pressing, the pressure, the arrest is a shlav in them say the shamnoi, that it is a it's not to be seen as two separate things. It is the process by which the oil is released. So the Meiser was the arrest, and what went on was the way in w- which led to greater revelations after that the work was able to continue in a much greater way. So in other words, that the arrest itself, not something that led to, but that is what gave birth to, that is what created the ability to be able to do greater work later. Well, Nachman, and even more, 
the gold of Yud Beis Tamas had oich mahaper given einem from the meise the gold of te gufa that the gold of Yud Beis Tamas not only did it allow for greater work to be done, but even one of the days in which the Friedrich Rebbe was in prison was transformed into a yontav as well. One of the days that was considered the day of prison, of darkness, became a greater yontav. From far Yudbeis Tammuz, before Yudbeis Tammuz was considered to be one of the days of imprisonment. In Atok Vasasim Vasimcha, it turned that day, which was when the Friedrich Rebbe spent in jail, it turned that into a day of rejoicing. Nishnar Mahapach given Achon. Not only was it a preparation for the days after Yud Beis Tamas that it would be able to be celebrated and the work would go on in a greater way, not as Er Gufa is a talk from Gula, but that the day in which the, the Friedrich Rebbe was still sitting in prison was a day of Gula. Similar to what we say about Tishubog, that the day, the fast day itself is turned into a yomtiv. So also one of the days which the Friedrich Rebbe was sitting in prison turned into a yomtiv. How do we see? What happened? Gimel Tammuz, the day, the third day of Tammuz, when the Rebbe is befried given from Meiser, when the Friedrich Rebbe was actually released from the prison cell, um, and they changed his sentence to three years in exile he was supposed to sit in, in, in prison they released him from prison at Gimel's Tamas and he, and he was sent into exile so at that time Haddan in Yenem Yor the year in which it all was happening at that time it appeared to be it's just another step in the in the pain that he was going through. Now they were sending him into a far off, into some God-forsaken place, into some Yehupetzville. Being in Golos is in certain sense as difficult as, as death itself. As the Chinuch explains it. So at the time when Gimel Thomas came around and they released the Friedrich Rebbe from prison but they sent him into Golos which was in a certain way even worse than being in prison. At the time it, they weren't even sure is this an easing of their attitude towards the Friedrich Rebbe? Are things getting better? Are the uh, or was this just a method that they were using because they were being pressured from countries from the United States and so on they were putting a lot of pressure on them so they wanted to get rid of that pressure they said okay we'll let him out of jail and we'll, go, we'll send him into Golos so they, they, made, they pretended that they're going to release him and then they'll find a way to put him back in prison as soon as the pressure stops they'll go back to what they were doing. So at the time, they weren't even sure that Gimel Tammuz was a blessing. They thought that this was just a way to get rid of the... It was making it worse. They were having success with the uh, diplomatic pressure that they were putting. So therefore they thought maybe they were just trying to throw off the diplomatic pressure and this was really not a reason to celebrate. That's how it appeared to them then. But then, when the Geul of Yudbeis Tamas came around, now they understood, as in Emerson is the Tov from Gimel Tamas given, that in truth, Gimel Tamas was not Nishtaz Cholof and Golos, was not really, it shouldn't be seen as a, the beginning of his going to Golos, nor the Esh Shlab and the Geula, but rather this was step one in his absolute re- redemption, release. It was just step by step. So this was a step in the direction of Geula. At the time, they thought that it was just another step in the in the Golos. Sees that talk from Yeshua Vatsala. That is a day one of uh, redemption. So the day that at the time they thought was part of the Meiser turned out to be a day of Geula. and even more the Yeshua Vatsala Chasodim from them talk that the Yeshua that happened, the, the kindness of Hashem, that happened on this day, 
then the Rebbe is from Maisa when he was released from actually being in a prison cell is in Gevisa Pratim is in a certain sense an even greater redemption than Yud Beis Tamas itself because there's no comparison between sitting in a jail cell and living in a home even though it's in a in a Golos city because Yud Beis Tamas was only a Golos from Golos from being living in a distant place but the Gimel Tamas was actually being released from the horrible, scary place of Shpalerke, which nobody knew who was going to get out of there alive. So Gimel Tamas, which at the time, were, they were not sure that it was even a blessing, turned out to be a greater blessing, and maybe even a greater blessing than Yudvis Tamas itself. The whole point that he's making is that the days of the Golas themselves are a reason to thank Hashem. They are the, the greatest kindness is expressed, Tafka, in the days of Golos. Vav, the mitzvah, when euch nizbarer veren, betaisvez, dem inyum from the tzveik tzavis in the nom of Tamas. This also explains the two extremes that we find in the name of Tamas, as he explained before. In meshech, from doiriz, ven in Tamas, hat sich nor ongehert sein teichem, wie er is bichetzainiz. Because as we said, throughout the generations, when in Tamas we only saw the external aspect of Tamas, that it expresses that it expresses a fast day and a days of of uh, pain and so on. Therefore, all we knew about the name Tamas was that it's a name of Avedizara. It's a negative time. It has a, it carries a name, a negative name of Avedizara. which means. Tamos represents a time when godliness is concealed. How concealed? The absolute greatest concealment as represented by a name of Avedizara. Avedizara is the absolute greatest concealment of godliness. But then when we got closer to the time of Gula, therefore Pnimis HaTayda now revealed the Samplek, the Pnimis HaTayda and Pnimi Satayra always reveals what is underneath everything. What is the internal meaning of everything? What does it really mean? So it revealed to us some Mephasim Given and it publicized the Pnimis from Tamas. Now we suddenly understand what is really going on, what is really Tamas all about. As Dafkin that it's dafke in the darkness where you get to the depth of light, to the greatest light, the take of and in the case of Tammuz, the intensity of the heat is because it represents the intensity of the name Avaya. And then after it was revealed in Taira, the way Chesidus explains it about and what the Pneumius of Golos is, that it's really Geula and the Ava of Hashem. So those are all at discussions within Taira. Is it the Nacharab Gekumen Avel? Then it also filtered into the actual world events in the Nesfun Yudbeis Tamas that it was expressed. It expressed the miracle that happened on Yudbeis Tamas in Velchamad Gizem Be'ene Bosen and Tegav Agilu Fushemesh Avayish Lomaylam Ateva. We saw. We actually saw the great intensity of the miracles of Hashem as represented by the intensity of Shem Avaya. You know, miraculous events that it broke through the absolute darkest, lowest place of darkness, the the worst opposition to Torah Mitzvahs, which was at the time the Soviet Union. And that they themselves had to agree that the Friedrich Rebbe should be released Wissendik, while they knew that when they agreed that the Friedrich Rebbe gets released, that when the Friedrich Rebbe gets out, this would encourage all those people that were behind him, all the people that were busy being shachtim and doing all the things that they were doing to spread Yiddishkeit in Russia, in Yenavadina, in that country. So they knew that this would lead to a greater intensity of the work of spreading Yiddishkeit. Thus haste, 
which means that those very same people that arrested the Rebbe to live in Arbet in because of his work in spreading Torah, they themselves were willing to agree that there should be an increase in the work of Arbat Satayra because they knew that that was going to happen. And yet they released the Friedrich Rebbe. So that filtered into the world that we saw miracles which were the opposite, the opposite of what they wanted was happening by their own agreement. Zayin. A simple lesson that we have to take out of this whole thing. When the days of the three weeks are getting closer, and Ayid begins to think again about the depth of the darkness of the Golos in general. Especially now before the coming of Mashiach, where the darkness is most intense. A person can actually lose hope. You, it, it's so dark and it gets worse and worse. Um, and without any, how do you get by this? How do you overcome this? You begin to lose hope. He understands that because of the difficulties of the Golos, this will eventually lead to a greater resulting Geula. Yes, he understands that. But what about now? Right now, we're in a very dark Golos. What do we do now to get past it? Yes, the future is bright, but now we're in a, a deep darkness. So what do we do now? Is I've them the so the lesson is thus learned on is ma'aded. The lesson is that that lesson teaches us and encourages us as other abedat to the contrary. Dafke in them doir. It's specifically in this generation. Doir because the Mashiach the generation on the heels of Mashiach. Hot men dem gilu from thimis at tayre vas hot megalig umafasin given dem toichem thimis from the tech. This is when we were zeichet to have the revelation that comes through chsidus, which allows us a glimpse into what is really going on in the days of Golos. As in Zay is that it's in the, the Golos that we find the intense love that Hashem has for the Yidin. And that in, as an introduction to these days of the three weeks, we have Hashem gave us the Yom Tov of Yud Bezu Yimul Tamas. Thus, Habim Baviz and Vimekhen in Dem Zmana Golus Gufa Rosbringen of the Meilu Pnimi Begilui, which showed us, revealed to us that in the days of darkness we can bring out in a revealed way the intense love that Hashem has for the Yidden. But if Nazved Bottle the Hell of Hester Eichin Chitzainis in a way that even externally the, the concealment uh, fades away, as we see from the story of Yud Bezid Tamos that even in the darkness and in the prison and on Gimel Tamas when he was in jail and it all turned and, and that they themselves um, were willing to agree that it should, there should be a greater impetus to spread Yiddishkeit even under their noses. So all of this happened in a way that we see the darkness, that the darkness itself, you can have the light within that darkness. When das is the Machazak and this encourages and strengthens the Yitzchakachos in the tag in the Pnimis the Kentachem Vagolos that when we reach the three weeks we should be into what should it mean to us it should mean what is really going on in the three weeks. And certainly that he shouldn't be affected and fallen and depressed because of the situation of Golos and Muzhit Avelus. Of course, you have to keep all the laws of mourning that be, from Ben that uh, ha, that go on during the three weeks, the as the Shulchan Aruch uh, requires. In Allah Pratim, and you have to keep it in every detail. 
But while you're still keeping all the laws of mourning as they are presented in Shulchan Aruch, you find ways within Torah to bring out matters of Simcha, even during the, this, the three weeks. Because we're, if you realize that these are days of joy, that they, they're really days in which we see the, the love of Hashem to the Yidin, so you find ways in which to express that Simcha. For instance, you can make a Sim on a Masechta which makes it into a day of celebration. That you can make us uh, see him in those days too. You can even eat a fleshigam meal in the nine days. When you make us see him. So there are ways in which we can express our joy even while keeping the din Or in another way is that a person learns more Torah and gets more involved in the study of Torah and Torah brings joy so you bring joy to yourself in that way. Especially learning the laws of Beis Abchira of the, rebuild, the building of the Beis Amigdash. That's through studying in Torah. The, the, uh, the architecture of the Beis Amigdash and the halachas Regarding building the Beis Hamikdash, is Hashem considers that as if we are involved in the actual building of the Beis Hamikdash. Because the Anhaga brings the Reisel they giluy the pnimius from Bein Avtsarim, and this kind of behavior brings to the fore it it reveals what is really behind the three weeks. As a velnzayin, a visa velnzayin lo asid lavei. As they will actually be in the in the time of Mashiach, that we will see only that Yahabhu Yamim Eilulim that they will be transformed into days of celebration because we will see what they really are about, and that's all that will be left. So we can have somewhat of this even now through doing celebrations during the three weeks which are permitted according to Shulhanaruch.